0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Begging Boardcast episode number 231. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways.
1: The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the books that
2: we are looking forward to coming out October 1st, 2014.
0: Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. This week we're bringing you our monthly look back. We're going to take a look back at some of the books that came out during the month of September, we're going to be talking about Annihilator number one, Death of Wolverine numbers one and two, Edge of Spider-Verse number two, G.I. Joe number one, and Road Limit number one as well. It's a lot of books. A lot of books.
2: Mm-hmm. And you know us, we always have a lot of
1: beer. That's right, Paul. Yes. Except if you're Paul.
2: Except if you're Paul. I'm,
1: I'm drinking a little bit. He's I drinking,
2: just... he's sipping. Uh, Paul had too many beers last night yes. with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, is hungover today. I'm fine. I know. Uh, I didn't even eat lunch till like one o'clock just because I was like, I'm fine. I don't need it, food. But Paul, he's only had an apple.
1: I've well, I've eaten a lot more than just an apple. It's just I've only kept down an apple. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Are you guys drinking more apple beers? Because <laughs> I was gonna say that could probably be why Paul. Oh
2: no, we weren't drinking apple beers. Uh what we are drinking though is from Long Trail Brewery and this is their Harvest Brown Ale. This is Harvest Barn Ale which is a brown ale. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Huh. Um it is a really nice mm-hmm. dark beer. I mean it's not even that too dark but it's a nice brown ale. Yeah. Great flavors to it. You get a nuttiness to it. I uh I really like it. I've this is the third time I've picked it up.
1: This is really this Long Trail, very hit and miss. And by very hit and miss, I mean very miss and very often. It's
2: not to hit. it's mm-hmm. one of those things that I don't often pick up. But we, I got their Belgian sampler, and we liked a couple of those out of that. And I thought, mm, try it again, yeah. and uh, success with this.
1: Yeah, uh, this is really nice and nutty, nice brown, nutty flavors that you'd want out of a brown ale. So, um. Granted, it is the fall, and maybe our palates are more inclined to want these nice warming. But issues. it still feels like summer. <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: no, it's, this is perfect for, like, you know, you, you take a, a sip of a beer like this, and you just go, man, I wish I'd just come inside from raking
1: leaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good assessment.
2: Thank you. I assessed it <laughs> myself. Good job. It's thank like an, you.
1: It's the opposite of the uh, lawn mowing beer. you know. The, yeah. The, I, the lighter IPA that you want right after mowing thank the lawn. Exactly. I got gotcha. you. Mm-hmm. All yard work has to be associated with the beer, apparently. Nope. Nobody else can tell, but I
2: winked at you oh. for getting that correct. Oh, thank you. I just wanted everyone else to know. <laughs> What's a shoveling
1: snow beer, then? Uh, barley, wine. barley wine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> or, or even something like the Blizzard Bach, I'd say.
1: Okay, uh, I just like put down. I just put down mulch. Mulching, mulching?
0: yeah,
2: mulching. Put down well, mulch. You're That's gonna, a spring. It's a spring, but it's you know a lot of times it's made of you cedar know, and, and spruce, spruce yeah. and some
1: pine. So you got to go with uh piney IPA. Another piney IPA, man. <sighs> How about you, Chris? Uh, I, Blizzard Bach is a good choice. A Bach is a nice choice for after shoveling snow. Do you have a uh, mulching beer? mulching beer?
0: Or I'm I just thinking I want something like darker like more earthy I'm trying to think where I would go because I'm not a big fan of the piney IPAs mm-hmm. I'd probably go I'd probably go with like a nice porter or like a stout. oh uh. I well,
1: a black I IPA know. would probably be perfect. Well, a black Definitely IPA be would, would, yeah, middle of the road, guys. Way to, yeah. way to compromise. Way to, <laughs> we did it. <laughs> High <laughs> five. There you guys go. Now oh, there's oh. a beer for all yard work. Uh, there you go.
2: <laughs> and, and what is uh, a beer that you're drinking for the podcast, Chris?
0: Uh, well, I, too, am actually drinking a brown ale, and this <gasps> is from Bell's Brewery um, in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Um, this is actually like a seasonal ale for them. This isn't something they brew year-round um, This is an autumn ale for them. And I saw this when I was at the brewery a couple weeks ago because I stopped by there and I thought about grabbing it but I didn't because I was just drinking more like the special one-off stuff that they had there at the brewery. So I passed on this because I was like, eh, you know what, I'll find it eventually. And lo and behold, I did um, Bell's Best Brown Ale it might just be called that because that's the only brown ale that they have. It's not bad. It's pretty good. Nice malt, a little bit of nuttiness on it, but it's not a knockout brown. It's comparable to any other brown that I've ever had, and is like, yeah, this is good.
2: It's hard to find a really good brown ale it is. that like you want to go back like, to over and over.
0: They're all just kind of middle of the road, and I think that's what you get from a brown. Like, nothing yeah. really too stand out.
2: Yeah harvest though i keep going back to it and uh the the founders that they uh put up that you really like the electric puppy dog eye what was it called
0: (laughs) uh werewolf laser circus that was really good yeah
2: that that's it
1: (laughs) werewolf
0: laser circus yeah they have another um i think black ipa coming out too i saw it on their facebook a little while ago when i went to founders last week i was gonna see if they had it there and they didn't yeah but can't remember what it was called, but...
2: Uh, right. Yeah, just, that'll just be bottled to. too, so we can all get that.
0: Yeah. Okay. I look forward to it. You know what else I look forward to?
1: all, all News?
0: All, all the news that you can use <laughs> the, while being in all, all the news.
1: Uh, it's something we, I didn't uh, talk about because I completely forgot until just this, well, a couple minutes ago, before the rundown we did. Uh... <laughs> I know. I'm setting the table, John. <laughs> uh, hey, Johnny might not be too interested, but I know you did play a little bit of World of Warcraft, and Chris, I know you played uh quite a bit more of World yes. of Warcraft than Chris or than John did. Uh Blizzard has now announced they're uh not going to be doing Project Titan anymore. They it's it's that that has been closed up. They said they just after six years, they just couldn't figure out how to make it fun.
0: So yeah, and this is six years of working on a game that they never officially announced. Nobody knew what it was or right. if it was based off of something, if it was a new IPA. But, or IPA. Well, yeah, new IP. IP.
1: It was a new IP. They, I think they yeah. mentioned at least that. And it was going to be an MMO. And it was going to be like, nobody could come up with a wild killer, so Blizzard was going to do it. And they, and wanted, they couldn't do it. And they're like, yeah, we just can't make it fun in a different way that isn't. What we already do with World of Warcraft, you know, the MMO style.
0: So, which, uh, that's, they it up. that's a tough mold to try to break out of, too, especially like when you made it.
1: This isn't the, uh, you know, first time that Blizzard's canceled a project, though. You know, we had Ghost, which was going to be at the first person shooter coming out of uh, the
0: StarCraft universe. Yeah, that they were working on that for like, what, 11 years?
1: Uh, I have no idea how long they worked on it, but yeah, they were like, yeah, nope. Just can't can't have fun.
0: Well, you know, I at least they at realized least not that put, they weren't. Yeah, yeah, and they're not putting out writing. shit.
1: Yeah, it's not the Dirge of Urbis from Final Fantasy VII.
0: Yeah, I still never played that one. Yep.
1: You know why? Because it's shit.
0: Uh, it looks okay with Vincent and everything. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so there's that news, kind of video but, game
0: related. Well, you know what isn't shit what isn't she one of your favorite books Paul Why the Last Man
2: mm-hmm.
0: and some good news maybe on that front uh, the rights to Why the Last Man have now reverted back to creators Brian Cavan and Pia Guerra um, the movie rights yes there's been talk on and off for years and years now about you know a movie for this even like a TV show and nothing's gotten off the ground like people have like signed on to direct they've done multiple versions of a script but we've never gotten it so now it's gone back to Brian K. Vaughan, who is free to do what he likes with it so he could sell them off to someone else in hopes to get it made or you know just keep it in his pocket for when the time's right
2: Yeah,
1: I'm kind of interested to see if he can go uh, almost see a uh, creator owned movie route which uh, Mark Miller did with uh, Kick-Ass. You yeah. know, he couldn't get it made. Couldn't get it made, so he kind of took it upon himself to just do it.
0: You know, with uh. so I'm. What if you? Do you think he would want to do something more like crowd funded, like the Kickstarter, trying to raise the money for it himself, maybe?
1: I mean, it worked
2: with Veronica Mars.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. That's what I was thinking.
1: It, you know, maybe that's one way to do it. But I think he's a big enough name that he can go out there and just, you know, go to investors and raise the money that way
0: yeah because not only is he known for his comic book work with white last man and he's proven inside of saga, television but, yeah yeah i mean under yeah. the dome and loss i mean he's been attached to both those properties so
1: it's i, I just wonder if he has the appetite to do it you know Yeah,
0: you know, that could be one of his, like, hey, I got the day off kind of things. Let me see what I can do with this. (laughs)
1: Uh, Let me see who I got on my phone. I got a couple days off. You know, I'll just invite my friends over, and we're going to shoot Much Ado About Nothing. Right. You know, very Joss Whedon. Seems like a lot of fun if you're creative types. It's almost like uh, hanging out in, in, like, the gymnasium and just, like, playing a pickup game, I guess. It's kind of like... Yeah, when you're those creative types. Yeah, for those creative types.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, Paul, you like, like creative types. It's like when the
1: X Men, you know, hang out and play a softball game. I, yes, I do enjoy the creative types, and they are so creative.
0: And some of your favorite creative types went on to create one of your favorite cartoons. Uh,
1: oh, the nice, Airbender. Done. Yes,
0: and the subsequent Legend of Korra.
1: And we, they just. Uh, Next week, I believe, is going to be the premiere for Book 4, Balance. And we f- were given the trailer for it. It's a good two-minute and five-fifty-second uh, uh, sizzle reel. And it looks a lot of fun. That that cartoon, man, they, they're they able to make everything look badass. And it, it's just, like, all the movement, all the, the action, and it looks really cool. And I really do enjoy the character design. I... Did somewhat miss in uh, the first season of a book our first book of the Legend of Korra, the uh, you know the kind of wackiness with all the different animals. You know, uh, we didn't get that much, and it seemed like a smaller, much smaller story because it was a, a uh, story of a city, not of the whole world. And I only watched I think the first three episodes of Spirit, <clears throat> so I'm a little far behind on this. And Spirit was going to be this. I, I think I, that's where I was going to get all the wackiness.
0: You know, yeah, that's where it seems like the series was going to really ramp up. <laughs> I haven't had a chance to watch books two or three yet, but um, cool little thing, if you have the Nickelodeon app yep. on your Xbox, you can actually watch like the entire series. It's free. You don't have to have like a cable provider login or anything. So I actually plan on catching up on it that way.
1: I actually have that app downloaded on my tablet, and I watched. uh, That's how I started watching this book, uh, The Spirits, because I'm like, oh, might as well. Nice. Like, what?
0: Um, I can download it? And this is something that was announced at San Diego Comic Con too, and we didn't really talk about it. And I think mostly just because we were behind on the series. But, Paul, what do you think about the series not actually being shown on Nickelodeon, but being digital only?
1: It's digital, book four is digital only? It's not going to be on Nickelodeon? You didn't oh, hear about that? No! I have no clue. This is all news to me.
0: Okay, wow, well, yeah. Is why, um, I'm
1: glad we do the Weekend Geek. No, that would be great. Yeah, I, it, um,
0: Chris, it was announced I that work. it's not going to actually be shown on the channel at all, but it's all going to be digital online at nick.com or, you know, if, if you have, like, iTunes, um, Amazon Prime.
1: That's how like I uh, watched the final season of Avatar The Last Airbender, you know, the first one, book three, because by that time I didn't have cable, and I'm like... Well, I'm buying the iTunes <laughs> the pass. season pass for the $18. And, like, I would, Ken and I, we would sit there, get the laptop, we would watch it in bed, like, on the laptop, and, uh, you know, every week when the new one would hit. Like, yep. <laughs> and then we did that with a book, The Legend of Korra, the first book, watched it off of Hulu. You know? And you know why they're doing this, Paul? Because everybody did that and not had Nickelodeon.
0: Yep, that's exactly <laughs> how people watch the show. They had so many more viewers just online at Nick. dot com or streaming at other places that they're like, "Yeah, we don't even need to put this on TV because nobody's watching it there." Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting that they're going this route with it.
1: Yeah, and it's it's such a niche, niche kind of show that I'm surprised that it had that kind of online following more so than just the. Uh, watching it on tv because honestly that's how i discovered it was you know staying home from school one day and just being like oh this show is awesome and there's another one i can be late to that next class and then it was a marathon so i decided not to go in at all
0: (laughs) well what really surprised me too is like since all this news with them not actually showing it on network but all digital seeing the teaser trailer for book four it doesn't look like they've sacrificed any of the quality of animation at all. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: That's what I was thinking. They might kind of like you know, scrimp and save on it a little bit, but no, it still looks pretty smooth and slick.
1: It looks really cool.
2: Really slick. Mm
0: -hmm. Thanks. I thought so.
1: Me too. Know what else is slick on the TV? What's that, Paul? I don't know. I was hoping that you had something. I didn't have any TV news. Oh, the TV news I have is that uh... (laughs) In an interview, wait. Set the table, Paul. Set <laughs> yeah, the table. You know what I just did there? <laughs> set the table for yourself. <laughs> no, I, I I took the uh, tablecloth and I pulled it and, and only up, left the flowers the standing. Flowers
0: still the flowers the are still on the table.
1: Exactly. Uh, in an interview, uh, CW president Mark Padewski, I don't know how. To, That's Potowicz, okay. That sounds like Potowicz, name. Padewitz uh, said that the flash might not be. The only spin off from Arrow to hit the airwaves. Uh, you'll s- what you'll see embedded in Flash and Arrow is that we'll have the ability to test characters out. Is there room to grow them into, uh, into the next show? I can't tell you that yet. There are s- discussions going on. Uh, that's mm. a quote from the interview from Ad Week. Nice. I don't know what Ad Week is, but there you go. Uh, and it's- we kind of. Yeah, go ahead. Um,
0: I think this isn't a surprise. I think this is good news, especially since when the Flash appeared on Arrow, everyone knew it was done with that intent to launch it into its own series. And it worked on Arrow, and hopefully Flash performs well enough that we can kind of continue this trend. Uh, All the footage that they've shown for Flash so far looks really good. Um, I think they they've hit their stride with it so to speak not to make a pun
2: uh oh. yeah i would agree i think it's got a it's got a really good look to it it's one of the ones that i'm really looking forward to getting to see which i think it's and next is it's either this tuesday or next tuesday
0: october 8th or something something's coming out that day
2: yeah it's it's a tuesday so at the 7th maybe 7th or 8th
0: i don't know, i'm terrible at all this stuff i i watched the gotham uh, premiere on Hulu and I haven't had a chance to catch S.H.I.E.L.D. yet but um, this is something we've talked about a little bit we'll be talking about it more after all the shows come out but I think it's a great time to be not just a comic book fan but a fan of just like drama TV
2: Uh, no I'd agree and you're definitely going to get that drama TV with, with Gotham
1: yeah. drama TV. I
2: have no more news well, I have one thing. Uh, we had the one thing after uh, his lawsuit has all been wrapped up. Um, it looks like Brian Singer will be returning to the X Men franchise for uh, Age of Apocalypse, Apocalypse X Men now. X
1: Men Apocalypse now, yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, why not?
0: There we go. Third class. Charlie Sheen
2: is set to appear. Um, and there's also the rumors out there that in this movie is when we may be seeing Cable. Which be cool. is probably just speculation and people throwing that out there since they said they wanted to do an X Force movie like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, it'd be a good launching point for cable.
1: Good way to set the table
0: for that movie. For yeah. Guys, yeah. Um, but Setting I think the table with cable? Mm-hmm. That sounds like an awesome YouTube channel <laughs> or a terrible one.
1: He does it all through telekinetics.
2: But but just briefly, because he's got to keep the nanites out from turning him cyborg. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So I I would be happy to see him return. He does have a uh, a care
0: for the X Men franchise. Which he's he's made the best X Men movie. So I'm I'm okay with him, you know, coming back and doing what he wants to do.
1: I still haven't seen the uh, first class, the second first class movie.
0: Well, Days
2: of Future, needs pass. Needs a future pass. Yeah. No class.
1: Oh, there's no class? No class. Oh, okay. No class. no class. No class. Still haven't seen it. And it's not on the DVD yet. It's coming out like...
0: I think like it's at the month. stage where it's at, like, the second-run theaters now. Um, so it, if, probably you go, by like, if
2: you go on your Xbox, you can buy it and watch it on that.
1: Oh, so maybe the DVD is out.
0: I say, probably by, like, the end of October, because I know they put stuff on... Xbox first, like I was able to get Captain America: The Winter Soldier, like three weeks before it actually came out on DVD, because mm-hmm. I bought it digitally that way.
2: No, but uh, that's the news I have.
0: That's all the news I got. Well, I already said I have no more news. So, so
2: we are newsless. Yep. <laughs> but well, do we have books that we're looking forward to coming out October first, two thousand fourteen? We do, John.
0: Oh, this is that's going to head us into the list.
2: Going to bring us into the list,
0: yeah. Paul, what are you looking forward to? Uh, well, oh. I'm looking to forward to
2: Thor, <laughs> number that, John? one,
1: John. I just did what Paul did. <laughs> I went, oh. oh, and I went, oh. okay.
0: I didn't hear Paul do that. I just heard <laughs> you do it because I just heard Paul say, "Like, well, I'm looking forward to hear, here." Oh. <laughs> you just had no cares for all saying anything.
1: <laughs> well, I was trying to... I, I, I'm horrible with last names. Dotterman right? Russell Dotterman is the artist. Uh, Jason Aaron is the writer for Thor, number one. I like that it's his book and he's, like, posing the question to... Uh, well, because maybe you guys have heard the pronunciation of this person's name before. Um something dark has befallen the god of thunder leaving him weakened and for the first time in forever unworthy which isn't very true but sure why not it's been a long long time since he's been unworthy so uh Mjolnir lies on the moon and uh somebody new will pick it up on the moon yes it should probably be easy because it's there's less
2: gravity <laughs>
1: <laughs> it should be easier but no it's magic it it doesn't comply to uh, weight and measures. Math. Measures, yes. Hmm. Hmm. <sighs> yeah. So, John,
2: what book are you looking forward to? Uh, I am looking forward to American Vampire Second Cycle Number Five. Uh, I am just a huge fan of this book. Scott Snyder just brings it when it comes to this book. Um, the whole original. <laughs> first cycle I guess with uh, those 30 issues I think are out of this world great fantastic books and I am been really digging the second cycle
1: yeah that first cycle left me quite dizzy Mm. I think it might have been the spin maybe
0: (laughs) or you were just hung up stop staring at me Paul
1: (laughs) I'm waiting for you to throw it over to Chris because Chris has to pick a book
2: I couldn't do it because you're just staring at me creepily Uh, hey chris
0: hey john
2: what uh what do you
0: got well i'm looking forward to a book coming out from dc comics and it's gotham academy number one written by becky clunan with art by carl kershal this is taking place at gotham city's most prestigious prep school um this is gonna be about the life of the students there, all taking place in the shadow of the bat Uh, it sounds like it could be a fun book kind of tying into the Batman books without actually being a Batman book, kind of like we had with Gotham Central years ago. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, Chris, it's I'm sorry. It's a little bit different.
1: All I heard was, hey, Paul, this book is going to be fun, 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 fun. It's written by people that are awesome and fun, Becky Cloonan and Carl Kershel. They're going to be fun. Is that what you said? Or was that the whole... Because that's what I heard.
0: I think those are my exact okay. words. Because this sounds awesome. Pretty sure. And fun. And fun. It, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I loved Carl Kerschel's on uh, Wednesday Comics, that Flash. Edit. The Flash stuff was amazing, Great. yeah. I mean, y'all know how I feel about Becky Clunen's work. Yes. I really do enjoy it. Y- yeah? It's dark and brooding, but there's still a hint of lightness there. Hmm. A vulnerability.
2: Vulnerability.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> But that's what I'm looking forward to. And you know what else I'm looking forward to? Your next beer? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: And what would that beer be,
0: Chris? I don't know. I figured we're going to take a little pause because I have to go get it. That's
2: fine because Paul has
1: to pick out uh, Dramatic Reading. Dramatic Reading time. And now, Bagden Boardcast presents a Dramatic Reading from Scott Pilgrim, Free Comic Book Day Story, page 3, panel 5
2: okay okay i'll get the stupid pepsi lime with plus three to will great now hurry up and pay for it and
1: that was a dramatic reading from free comic book day story from scott pilgrim page three panel five well done
2: Well done, Paul. You
0: well, deserve a beer, Paul. I thought, I thought you were saying well done to yourself. <laughs> you're you're like, well done. Well, well done. Well, the, the
2: list, the listeners didn't hear hear all the confusion that happened with Paul beforehand. So I was just glad that he got through it. Yeah.
0: No, I still think you're doing it for yourself because <laughs> like, I did two voices. <laughs>
2: did do two voices, and they sounded different. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Very hard. Very tricky.
1: Very. Yeah.
2: Good. Yeah. Not a lot of people you know, can say
1: they can do that. When you're doing, and that's a great thing to uh, to be able to do, especially this time of year, you know. With Halloween.
0: I was going to say, especially when you're drinking you well, with
1: Halloween just around the corner. Yeah, and there's nothing more that says Halloween to me than a good Dracula story. Mm. and that's why isn't... I picked I picked American Vampire: The Second Cycle, Paul. Oh. That's very good, and uh, <laughs> this might not what we're drinking might not Liar. be a vampire story, but it is uh, Nosferatu. Oh, yeah? Yeah, from Great Lakes. I hope it is. I thought it was online, <laughs> too, everybody, right now. No, it is, Paul. You're right.
2: And this is a red ale from, uh, an Imperial Red from Great Lakes. Uh, nice maltiness on the back of the tongue, a little citrus on the front. Uh, I enjoy this beer. It's a nice sipping beer. It's an Imperial, so it's a little stronger, so it's easy to drink, even though it's a little high on the alcohol.
1: Yeah, you, I do get a little bit of that, uh, Maybe more sensitive to it today. A little bit more of that warm heat just on the tongue. Not quite dragon breath, uh, but it's definitely a very warm sensation uh, after I take the sip. Of that alcohol does leave a lingering there. Um, you know you're drinking something that's mm-hmm. big. It's a nice, yeah, multi-flavor right up front, and that's quite enjoyable. Mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. something I'd want to drink all the time, but...
2: No, enjoy it here or there. Mm-hmm. Enjoy but it seasonally. when you get in from yeah. uh, raking your leaves. Well, you know, I already got enough brown for that. So mm. That's, mm. No. This, is, this is what you bring in after bagging the leaves.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> Chris, what are you drinking this fine evening?
0: Uh, I am drinking a bitter from Arcadia Ales. This is their Thunder Trail. Um, 6%. It's not bad. Like I like a lot of the stuff that I've had from Arcadia, but this one's it's passable. I I really don't have anything mm. thunder else trail. to say about oh, it. it. It's a good It has it has like a motorcyclist on it. Mm. And he's
1: Guaranteed like, to give you thunder thighs.
2: He's riding down a that's, mountain. That's what they say all the time.
1: <laughs> riding down the mountain. The it's not bad, it's
0: Yeah. Kinda like coppery.
1: So you to write know. the soldiers home, uh, uh write the soldiers about it, but
0: Yeah. It's not bad, though. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd have it again, but I wouldn't say no to it. Too bargatory! Mm-hmm. Pretty much.
1: Guys, we're going to be... We better get our reviews going here, because we got a lot of comic books to talk about in review. Just, just kind of, sort of. So whatever we <laughs> do during our look back. <clears throat> Whatever we're doing, doing Hey, we kind of talk about yeah. it and we, But we kind of review it I don't really know But what is the first book again? I am so confused now I'm just I'm just off kilter Paul's going to be one of the books That you brought to the oh. table I say That we you do set Roche Limit, number one Written by uh, that guy And art by that uh, <laughs> other person
0: Written by that guy Art by someone different <laughs> yeah. art This by was a comic else. book We read it
1: Yes you did.
2: I'm going to start this up and not have anywhere to go with Well,
1: because you threw it to me. So, who's a writer and artist no. Uh,
2: Morsi Ferrer. Exactly. And Mohata. It looks like B C Y D.
1: No, it's B O Y D. Void.
2: That looks like a C. Okay. <laughs> looks like a C on my screen.
1: Anyways, Paul, well, you brought this book to us. What do we got here? Art by Vic Malhortra. Oh, okay. Bcyd must be the like the uh, the coloring company. Oh, okay. And Michael Moretti, Moretti Moretti was the uh, writer. Um, this is a story that does a lot of setting up the table, setting of the table for the first like seven pages. So half the book is set up. And it explains that uh, Humanity uh, has left Earth and has set up, you know, or at least some elements of it has set up shop up in the stars at this Rocher Limit uh, space station. And it seems like it's just the Cedar Year elements, people that just want to escape. It's the most Isley tavern of the universe right now. And people people that want a fresh start go there. and uh, It follows the Disappearance of a uh, of a girl, and her sister, who's a cop on Earth, uh, decides to sell off everything she owns and go looking for her sister.
2: She's she's been missing, mm-hmm.
1: and uh, there's a greater mystery of what's happening with these pe- You know, these missing girls, and uh, not only does this sister want to know, but also the uh, you know the main pimp. Or you know, Madame on the planet because it's some of her girls are ending up missing, and uh, she's befriended by a drug dealer who also wants to help find her he's sister. He's not only a drug dealer; he's the Walter White of of the uh, of the drug trade here because he makes the purest of the Recall, which is the name of the drug. Recall, and he's the only one that has the fine recipe for his drug. So, yeah, so she, of course, you know, while asking too many questions, falls on the wrong side of uh was line with uh the local uh drug cartel, random mafia boss, you know whatever, and now she's on the run while looking for her sister on the run with this drug dealer,
2: yeah, uh, I actually enjoyed this. I don't think I would go as far as buying issue two. Um, but I did enjoy the story. I enjoy kind of that, how it's set up in space, mm-hmm. how it has that little future connection and all that stuff. Um, I really like the art in it, but I, it still seems very formulaic.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I, I like the setup. Like, when I first started reading it, it reminded me of something that I would have gotten from a Jonathan Hickman book. Yeah, and then the very I was like, cover. boom, here's a diagram. And I was like, okay, this is just like a Jonathan Hickman mm-hmm. book and then you actually get introduced to the characters and i just didn't care about them at all because it's so just they are wired almost yeah. in that like crime noir like okay no this is the woman looking for her sister and then mm-hmm. she falls in with the wrong crowd like yeah. to find her
1: yeah these these I characters, did, characters I didn't are need wire anything
0: more than just like the first 6 pages of it i guess mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely feel uh, understand what you're saying. Yeah, they definitely do feel like wireframe characters. They're just there to serve the purpose of the story, and they don't have any thing to really latch on to. No, they're I can't even remember their names because honestly, yeah. they, it doesn't matter. No. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and it, it is unfortunate because the one the main draw, like you said, Chris, to for me was that cover image. Where I'm like, oh, it looks like something Jonathan Hickman's doing, you know, it's yeah. from Image. I'm like, oh, but it isn't.
0: But is it? But it isn't. And because it's, it you know, it wants to be, yeah. though. it wants to be so bad.
1: Yeah, you know. But that's how comic books are. We they build off of each other. You know, it's not. They don't happen in a vacuum. Everybody's inspired by what somebody else is doing. So, it's just
0: yeah. I, I wish I had more to say about this, but
2: I. Yeah, I really don't. I either. unfortunately don't. Cause, I mean, because I didn't think it was horrible, like, but I, it wasn't
1: great. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of medium of the road, middle of the road. It's yeah. kind of a medium book. Like, I have no rooting interest for any of these characters because none of these characters give me anything to latch onto, but we were also introduced to. You know, they were saying characters' names, like at one point, when we first go into the Harlem, or in the Harlem, and the one, uh, the the madame is like, oh, bring this person and that person and make them talk, you know, Mr. Santo, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wow, that's a bunch of characters' names inside of these uh, word balloons that I have no... no, I have yeah. no idea who they're talking about or why the, anybody cares or who this person is talking is and it take, took so long to get that going that by that point I just didn't care anymore no I agree <laughs> if I saw maybe some of the relationship stuff beforehand like of the two sisters together maybe I would have a little bit more interest in her story but since I don't I don't care at all.
0: Yeah, and then he had like three pages of her just going up, being like, "Have you seen this? girl? Yeah, yeah. have you seen her? Yeah, One of you guys had to have seen her. Mm-hmm. Anybody like
1: that? Kind of annoying. Yeah. It's, it's like trying to find a quest in World of Warcraft. Hey, are you? Do you, do you have something old school? Very true.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and honestly, like the art didn't do anything for me either. Unfortunately, I know Johnny said you liked it but
2: i I enjoyed it i thought it fit the tone of the book they made the i mean they made a gritty space station you know i i thought it fit the tone of what the book was looking for
0: i I can see that but as soon as i saw the panel of the dude throwing the lighter after he had like elbowed the pipe Mm -hmm. i was like that just looks awkward and it kinda of just like distracted me from everything else. It was like halfway through the book, I think.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah um, it's just a little over yeah, halfway.
2: You already said you were already distracted by
0: the book. Yeah, it's there was nothing here to sell the book to me in the first issue, and <laughs> that's depressing because it started off pretty cool, you know, up in space and you got the guy like being thrown out.
1: Well, he was had cool the sister thrown out.
0: Or oh, guy is that the
1: sister? No, I think. Uh, oh, yeah, that was, yeah, I that that was, was a guy. That was a guy. Yeah. Or I um, don't. It was hard to tell. It was dark. I'm. Yeah, I'm it was going the back, back to alley. Gally. Oh,
0: you know, it could be the
1: sister it's because of the long hair on the one side. Yeah, of the and right. you know what she,
0: she said? Like side. half of it would be shaved, and now mm-hmm. I'm looking back at it. Yeah. Like half of her head shaved. Okay, yeah, that is the sister.
1: And she goes out into space, and that's Paul. Answer. You did it. You solved the mystery. Hey, uh, well, that's the mystery is that she goes out to uh, like a black hole. Well, not the black hole, but this uh, star thing <clears throat> that's they're orbiting around, and they bring her back in, and she's now kind of catatonic. And that's what they're doing to these girls. Is trying to. I don't know. Figure out what's out there. But
2: you want to talk about Catatonic Let's talk about G.I. Joe number one
1: What? G.I. Joe from IDW number <coughs> one uh, Written Excuse by me. Karen Travis Art by Steve Kurth And uh, I'm, and this is the story of uh, What happens to G.I. Joe when Cobra is no longer a threat Cobra has, ne- has now gone kind of underground And they're running They're a mercenary force themselves that uh, is hired out to do peacekeeping operations for countries that don't want to involve themselves with NATO, the UN, or the West, the imperialist West. And I've, while reading this, I was like, "Well, Paul is going to like this
2: because it's GI Joe yes. written by Aaron Sorkin."
1: Yes. Yeah. It's it's the political drama. It is
2: it is the political drama of GI Joe, which is like you go to read a GI Joe comic book and you're like. No,
0: this is not. Yeah, and that's what got me at first because when I saw we were reading a GI Joe book for uh, the look, that I was like, but Paul said he got this one, not but John. I don't. John understand. passed on this, and then as soon as I started reading it, and they're talking about like the ways like peace talks it? with some made up country, and it's like eight pages of like what? behind the scenes, like.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's also a made-up country that has a very strategic oil pipeline that American companies <laughs> want to make sure. <laughs> thank, thank you for selling it, Paul. they yeah, they, that's... They, they get uh, to to this <coughs> pipeline and get the contracts. You know, they want to so. You know, it's very important strategically um, and also. Uh, uh,
0: it, it doesn't feel like GI Joe because it's really not until you see like the Cobra logos pop up on like those transports and then mm-hmm. you see like Scarlet like I didn't even realize the one guy that we were following was like Tomax, was Tomax? Yeah. yeah yeah.
2: well I thought like it, once they were just giving people's last names and stuff I was like oh that'd be cool if that was Tomax and then like reading on it was mm-hmm. and like Colton like I I knew that was Duke mm-hmm. yeah um and you know Scarlet cause she's a redhead <laughs> Call <laughs> scarlet right away. Um, but yeah, they... <clears throat> I mean, they do an interesting job. It's definitely a different take mm-hmm. on this,
1: but... Well, it's the underpinnings of this is what they're trying. And underneath it all, you have this cadet that hates this, this plan. Hates that the Cobra's trying to bide yeah. their time by doing this.
0: The he badass, hates what Cobra's become, and he's part of like almost like a splinter group. Mm-hmm.
1: And the Baroness with is also fighting against it, so you yeah. know things are going to come to a head. But basically, if Cobra sticks to this plan, they're going to win, because it seems that not only uh, maybe that some of these people on the uh, Wings and Means Committee or whatever kind of congr- Senate hearings are in bed with Cobra themselves, because they want to see the uh, dismantling of GI Joe.
0: Yeah, that's kind of like the big thing for this too. Like GI Joe is being broken apart because they're really, they're pointless now. Well, and they're expensive.
1: They are expensive, and they're a specialized team. And what what can't they be better suited? Can these people be better suited at you know different in different organizations inside the U.S. government?
0: It it took a while for it to sell itself to me, but then once it did, I was like, okay. I'm really interested in seeing where this goes with, like, Tomax and the Baroness, like, having their discussion. Then he's like, no, nah, she doesn't need to know about anything. Like, she can watch the speech on TV like mm-hmm. everyone else. That's where I was like, okay, like, I I like this world. I, I didn't need all the political stuff at the beginning with characters that I didn't realize who they were until halfway through. Um, this is one of those books that, like, now that I've read it and I know where it lines up, I feel like I should go back and reread it because I'll probably get more out of the beginning of it. And that's a completely me problem. I guess is Mm -hmm. I was reading a GI Joe book. That wasn't a GI Joe book until I realized that it was still GI Joe.
2: Uh, I can see that it's still like, I just could not get into it. And then like when the kid runs off at the end, I was like, yeah, it's all that coming. Like, <clears throat> and, like, I know that, like, this mission that G.I. Joe is going to go on is going to backfire and it's mm-hmm. going to shut it all down and then they're going to have to regroup and then they're going to, you know, like, you can see it all happening. You see the machinations. You see the... Yeah, the you see it all. all it's, the yeah. And yeah. it's formulaic. You know, you can see it all happening. This is any kind of story where the bad guy uprooted himself to be the good guy. And then the good guy looks like the bad guy, but then is really the good guy.
1: You see it all the time. It's a motif of the genre. But I really like the political machinations <laughs> going on, the real politique, and they even and everybody is inside the book is complaining about how political uh, everything is. Ah, oh, it's all politics. And I every time I read something. A character saying that I I heard John's voice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, ah, he's gonna hate this. It's all politics, or maybe
0: you like it because it's 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 very political at the beginning. And
1: yeah, you, but you guys it, know
0: why? I don't want because I, I, this sorry, is the I first. Follow, I, okay, cool. I feel bad saying this because you don't need any of that stuff Wh- at the beginning. What? No. Like math. if the book had started up like halfway through, where you find out that Cobra's now like the quote-unquote peacekeeping force and G.I. Joe's being shut down.
1: This is the first half of the battle. This is the knowing part.
0: Yeah. I just care about the shooting stuff, the, the <laughs> other part of the battle.
1: Red lasers are a quarter, blue lasers are another quarter. Knowing is the half, and there you go. That's the, that's the it, equation for, for the battle.
0: It was a lot of setup that isn't needed. I know this is kind of like a more mature, like, that talking head's G.I. Joe book, and I, I could just be putting what I thought and expected mm-hmm. into my review of it, honestly. But none of that stuff's necessary at all.
1: Uh, I I was intrigued by it. Yeah, and
2: as soon as I started reading it, I was like, "They made this for Paul."
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, <IPW>. I W.
0: So <laughs> can we? Just agree to speculate that the guy that the cadets meeting with is actually going to be Cobra Commander.
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that's, <laughs> that's,
0: we're, that's, we're that's where that's it's going, right? Mm-hmm.
1: No. What's crazy is uh, the kid had a like a weird poster of, of Cobra Commander on his wall, like almost a. Uh, Uncle Sam kind of poster, yeah, yeah. And Tomax had a uh, you know weird painting of him and his brother, like <laughs> and Sam, with like a, with a tiger in the picture yeah. with him. It, it, you know, very out of the '80s cartoon. Uh, so I liked all those touches. Uh, what I thought was really weird is it's a very like uh, real kind of life kind of story, and all, all the characters are kind of drawn to be you no know, more. Photorealistic, except then when we're having the chat with the Baroness, like she takes all these really weird poses.
0: Well, it's Baroness, that's and
1: why.
2: It's like it's a lot. Of st- it's a lot of her just standing like over the over desk, her. like
1: in butt shots. Butt shots, three quarter turn. I have to go back like, and okay, yeah, yeah there it it's, is. It's like kind of crazy. They don't do that with any of the other female characters. Yeah, but Baroness. none of the other female characters are dressed head to toe in leather. Yeah, that's also true. And I'm like, yep, nope, that's still the Baroness, and they're do, still doing that with her. Ah, huh. I thought we would see a little different take there, but nope, nope.
2: Well, she's the Baroness. She's always going to wear that suit. I mean, like they have like the Joes wearing kind of like in and out of their, you know, uniform outfits
0: or whatnot. Yeah, like Flint, like Roadblock. Yeah, Scarlet is even pretty close.
1: Yeah, but when we first see Scarlet, she's in full like military dress, and everything, and she's wearing you know, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I thought
0: it was very distracting, you know, because I'm like, well,
1: oh, really? They're doing this just with this one character? Okay.
0: Now, now, my question is, Paul, will you be reading number two? I I think I will.
1: Okay. I, I w- I'm interested to see where this goes, and this might be the GI Joe book that is is for me.
0: <laughs> After I got through like the first, like half or two thirds of it, the book sold itself to me. I it's something I would read, but I wouldn't seek out. But if you're picking it up, I will gladly. Like borrow your copies of it.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, I I probably wouldn't
1: search it out as well until like it, we say John red and blue lasers all up and down this issue. No, issue like that wasn't. I mean, the other
2: GI Joe stuff I've read didn't have the red and blue lasers. Like it's nothing. It's nothing like that. But it just like I didn't. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I enjoyed the art in it. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy the art. I liked the look of the book. Yeah.
0: Um, I, I did like kind of the more real world look of it. Yeah. It's it's an 80s cartoon but definitely more grounded.
2: Mm-hmm. And um but yeah, if uh, if I'm sitting there and like, oh, Paul's got 2 and 3, maybe I'll sit down <laughs> and read it. Like I don't know if I'd really search out to do it.
1: Chris, do you have another beer, or do you want
0: to... I I do have... I have a lot more beer, Paul. Oh,
1: wow. Do you want to do a beer review, or do you want to go into the next book? I I leave that
2: decision up to you guys. Why don't we start the next book, and while you're talking about it, I'll go grab my next beer then.
1: Okay. Well, because then I have to get my beer, too.
2: Oh, well then, why don't we pause and get our beers?
1: Well, they run and get beers. Uh, There was a new review... Over on the iTunes. And thank you so much for uh, writing and reading. Leaving reviews. And since you guys are back and pouring out your beers. Let me read it live. Uh,
0: I'm excited for this.
1: Customer review. Bizarro mean. Give one not five fairy wink. Five star (laughs) review. (laughs) By Bizarro Superman. (laughs) Me not like. Begged and bored podcast. Me feel with many sad thoughts. When noise come from sound people. Me try eat beer (laughs) when listen.
2: I just, I went to take a sip of my water, then I laughed, but I still kept tilting my cup, and I just poured water down the front of me.
0: Uh, I think from now on, we need to refer to ourselves as sound
1: people. (laughs) Me try eat beer when listen. Make Bizarro see Google Lens World. Hope pretty girls that not ugly. All my favorite sound people. Me love him positive willingness to grow self. Him, him best. Last episode, me want young... We want to join Yancey Street Gang. Happy me Google find real. Am cry self sleep. Me happy more than when fire from advice column at Delhi Planet. Make bizarro... Want, squeeze, Chris, John, Paul, nice, till, Meat maker, or speak, Yankee Street Gang's truth. First part, <laughs> fast forward to part two, worst part. Rest, make, Bizarro, love, Robert Zeminkis Z- Z- for put, through, make sense. Never your Bizarro number one. Thank you very much. That was very helpful. So Thank
2: you, know. Bizarro
0: Superman. For, for <laughs> I rain. can... I cannot wait to see how many people find that helpful.
1: Uh, I just did.
0: <laughs> all right. Uh,
1: oh, we're recording.
0: I forgot. <laughs> glorious. This is so glorious.
1: Uh, Yancey Street. Yancey Street. Yeah. See, it makes perfect sense. People want to join up and fight the good fight, you know? Don't want gentrification going on and kicking out all the people from their homes. No, don't want that. No. The thing understands. Oh my god! The <laughs> like Iron Man doesn't, you know. He, Tony Stark just says, "Ah, oh, it'll get help with the crime rate." And then you're <laughs> what? Like, what
0: <laughs> to save the world?
1: <laughs> Iron Man, you can't just destroy low rent uh, homing homes just to be. Anyway, so
0: we have fear. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you, Chris. Thank you, and
0: thank you, Bizarro.
1: <sighs> I'm giving people what they want. G.I. Joe, that's a political <laughs> intrigue. <laughs> Comic book <laughs> characters fighting over uh, low-income uh, rent-controlled uh, apartments and uh, and beer, beer. This beer, yeah, there we go. I was Chris, say, he's you Paul drinking? trying to
0: seal this back again.
2: I don't know what he's doing. I don't. I had know to wipe I'm the doing. tears out of my eyes from laughing so hard.
1: I don't know what I'm doing. Dear God. So what? Oh, is that the name of the beer? Is it God? <clears throat> That's a great name for a beer.
0: Don't be a dick.
1: No, I'm wondering. <laughs> I thought we were doing beer.
2: Are we done? You done?
1: Dick it up! <laughs> Let's go! Okay.
2: So having only an apple in his stomach and sips of beer, he's, he's
0: getting surly. <laughs> yeah. Chris, what are you drinking, buddy? Uh, I am drinking one from Brow Brothers Brewing Co., this is the Moo Juice. It's an oatmeal milk stout. Um I've never had anything from this brewery before. I found it in, like, my local supermarkets make your own six-pack thing. So I was like, hey, I like oatmeal milk stout, so why not? And there is a lot going on with this beer, and I don't necessarily mean that in a good way because you get that nice, like, milk stout sweetness right at the beginning, and then it's completely washed away with just, like, an overpowering smoke. We might be drinking the same beer. It's not great. It's not bad. I'm about halfway through this. I'm still trying to decide how I feel about it. So I really want to know what you guys have, so I can continue (laughs) to drink it.
2: Uh, We have Stone Brewery's Coffee Milk Stout, uh, ale brewed with roasted coffee beans. And I think for a Stone beer, it's very subtle.
1: Yeah. You get the sweetness in the coffee up front, but I do feel like it is smoky on the back. Um, or is that just all coffee? I think I it's know. just coffee. It's a, oh, yeah. You get a little
2: bit of the sweetness from the milk, mm-hmm. and it's not too crazy. I mean, for a stone, you'd expect a like, huge yeah. coffee punch, but it's very mild, very mellow drinking.
0: Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe Brow Brothers Brewing stoned it up because... I took a sip while you were talking, and I still just get that smokiness.
2: It's a really nice coffee stout. Like it's a, it's a good coffee. Like if you you could pour this to someone, and say, "Oh, have this iced coffee," and they wouldn't, yeah, <coughs> they couldn't tell you that it, you're they were gonna be beer. Except really for good the actually. carbonation in it, mm-hmm. maybe. But no, this is a really really nice uh, milk stout. I had this. Um, I chilled. This one that we're drinking. I had it last night, it was a little warmer and I really did think that this needed a chill to it. So I chilled it and it is it's it's a lot better with the chill to it. But really good. I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. I saw this I saw this and I was like, well this can either go one way and that's gonna be over the top or it can be really good. So thank you, Stone. Yeah. Thanks for not stoning it up.
0: I, I kinda wish I had that one because they definitely stoned it up. If it wasn't so smoky on the back end I think this would be nice. Like even I haven't had a sip of it since I last talked about it and talking like I feel just like that malty smoke. It's not a pleasant feeling.
2: So you have a real nice pleasant coffee taste on my tongue.
0: Stop rubbing it in.
2: All Your right. beer's
0: better. We know. This is true.
2: <laughs> but what's, what's been better than the other two books we've read so far for the list?
0: Edge of uh, Spider-Verse? Edge of Spider-Verse. Gwen Stacy. Okay, Edge of Spider-Verse, number two. Um, I, I picked this one up because I thought it sounded kind of fun, and I was pleasantly surprised. This is written by Jason Latour with art by Robbie Rodriguez. Um, this is a lead-up to the upcoming Spider-Man event that we have this year, <coughs> uh, the Spider-Verse. And what we're getting is, in a five-issue mini-series, each week, it's focused on a different Spider-Man from a different universe. The first issue was about the Spider-Man Noir universe. This one is Spider-Woman, and Spider-Woman is actually Gwen Stacy. In this world, she was the one that was bit by the spider, and... Peter Parker is the one that died. A little bit different circumstances. But we have... Uh, yeah, because Peter, Peter Parker
1: Spider-Man. becomes the lizard.
0: <laughs> yeah, because he wants to be special too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, This is all leading up to, like I said, the event where the Spider-Man villain Morloon, who you might remember from the uh, J. Michael Straczynski stuff, he's the vampire that feeds on the totem. Oh. heroes, uh, with Ezekiel, uh, he's coming back, and he's hunting down the Spider Man from different universes. Oh. So it, it's a little bit different. I don't know if that's something that I would care to read, mm-hmm. but based off of how I felt about this book, maybe it's it's something I should.
2: Uh, based off reading this book, I'd like this to be an ongoing series. Like I, would, I, I really liked it.
1: I really liked the Else Worlds. <laughs> You know, uh, to it because it's not only do you see what happens with Gwen Stacy and Peter Parker, you also get to see what Matt Murdock is doing. He's not Daredevil, he's just a lawyer working for the Kingpin, apparently.
0: Yeah. Uh, Everything's a little bit twisted yeah. without uh, Peter Parker around. Which is... It's kind of a cool little universe. Yeah.
2: Uh, and can I say, I really like her spider suit?
0: Yeah.
1: I'd, I'd say the with it's the design. hood,
2: yeah, with the hood and everything, the white with the with the red still in there. Uh, I'd say it's probably in my my top five favorite Spider-Man costumes.
1: I oh. don't think I have five, so yes, it would be one of the tops Spider-Man costumes. Because <coughs> what am I doing? Going to do a uh, Ben Riley's
0: like? Oh yeah, T-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> I love that costume. That,
2: there's no reason you should like that costume, and I love it. Like that's my yeah. number five.
0: I feel the same way. I always love Scarlet Spider.
2: The So stupid but I love it.
0: Beyonder, uh Black Suit Spider-Man.
2: Yeah, that would be my number 2.
1: Uh and then you have the very different in, uh, the Iron Spider from Civil War. Not Civil War.
2: It was just a normal comic book issue.
1: No, no, when uh he gets the Yeah, from Tony Stark. Stark the oh. Iron Spider, not Yeah,
2: the- but they did that the they did Iron Spider back in the
0: 90s. Yeah, where he's wearing, like. Oh, clothes. you're thinking about the black and silver one. Yeah. Yeah. No, Paul's talking about the. <laughs> oh, with uh, the,
2: the tentacle thing? The, with the, the, arms, the yeah, arms? Yeah, the arms. That does not make my list.
0: See,
1: that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I don't know. Okay, so how many did I list right now?
0: I think five. That's five? Okay. Well, then. Maybe, I don't know. They all guessing.
1: make my top five!
0: <laughs> no, but. This was actually a really fun book, and I did pick up the first Edge of the Spider-Verse. Um, going back after reading this one, I think I might pick it up. And while I'm not too interested in the third one, it's very well possible this might be one of those books that I will wind up picking up all of them. Uh, it was really fun. It was cool seeing this different look at you know, Gwen Stacy and a different Spider-Man. I like this a lot, lot more than I thought I was going to.
2: Uh, I agree too. I was not, I was not a, when you said you were gonna do this and we should do it for the podcast, I wasn't super psyched about it. And then I saw her costume online on Tumblr. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then I saw the cover and I was like, oh, it's an actual costume. And then, uh, I was more interested in it. And then when I saw that it was. <coughs> Gwen Stacy, who had been bit, versus Peter, and how their world is different. I was like, that's a really good idea.
0: Yeah, it does it kind of in a cool way, too, because you kind of just jump into this world. And then they have a previously in Spider-Woman for, like, two pages, where they basically just catch you up to speed with everything that happened with, like, her being bit. Like, it's like Peter a, it's a injecting splash, himself. It's a
2: splash page, too. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: And the thing is it, uh, it's, it's a very her, she's still very new to being Spider Woman. Like, it's, she's been having adventures, but uh, now she's finally, like, taking the turn of, guess. with great powers comes great responsibility. So at that point, I believe she becomes Spider Woman, and the, with the death of Peter Parker, and heated by New York, and, but that. And, and
0: uh, J. Jonah Jameson, mm-hmm. like, lamenting the loss of Peter Parker. Yeah. But uh, I, I kind of like that too.
1: And I, I that moment between her and her dad explaining no like we've talked about this. Uh, I have to do this not not because I want to, it's just because I need to make up for the loss of Peter Parker, you know. I, I did it wrong. It's, it's it's my chain to bear now.
0: It's my cross. And it's it also that if I don't someone else will and not do it right. mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
1: This mask is now my badge, yeah, and I really liked that moment. I thought it was good, and yeah, it's a very interesting world, and I'm kind of upset that we won't see much more of this world.
0: Well, Marvel just recently did a poll on their website asking people if they would like to see more of Spider Man Noir and the Gwen Stacy Spider Woman, and like I think it was like over ninety percent like responding saying like yeah we." We would want more of these. So, you know, we probably could get like a mini series or like a limited series or ongoing series. Um, I'm even just looking forward to seeing it maybe in the Spider Verse crossover. This might be something that I wind up picking up based on how much I like this one and how I feel about the rest of the Edge of the Spider Verse books that come out. Cause number five is written by Gerard Way, who I'm a nerd for. So why not?
1: The next one, or the one coming off this week, I thought looked interesting. With I walked into a spider web and looks all seventies like. Yeah, it's EC. like Colby. Yeah, it almost yeah. like like ECC comics or EC comics.
0: Yeah, um, that, that's the kind of one like I really enjoyed this one. Mm-hmm. So I looked in to see like, okay, well, what's in number three? And then I was like, well, I don't know if I'll like that one as much. But I realize it's a completely different book, so it might be worth that shot. Yeah. And I do have to say like the artwork in this book is fantastic
2: i really i I enjoy the art in the book, like just the the character design the the spider woman costume I thought was great
0: <laughs> yeah like I'm surprised that it's that costume that sold you on wanting to read this book more than just like the premise of it even
2: well i saw the I saw the picture of her before I saw the premise, mm-hmm. but I just thought it was a cool looking suit
1: it's it's it reminds me a lot of Spoiler, just how the mask doesn't have any real line work at all. It just has the eyes there, and then... The and then, look,
0: like, the hood over yeah. it.
1: Yeah, the old school Spoiler.
0: Well, I like how, like, all of the webbing is actually mm-hmm. inside the costume. It's mm-hmm. not on the outside yeah. like we had before. Yeah. I don't know, like, I, I really loved everything about this book, and if they do bring back the Gwen Stacy Spider-Woman, it, whether it's an ongoing or... A miniseries, I would want these guys on it: oh, uh, yeah, Jason Latour and Robbie Rodriguez. Because you'd have to have this creative team. They sold it like and they knocked it out of the park. Like <clears> it's, <throat> it's a great book. Like, even if you don't have any interest in Spider-Man or like the upcoming event, I paid four bucks for this book and like I really really liked it.
2: Yeah, I'd say it's worth that money.
0: And, like it, even the artwork. Like if you're a fan of like Becky Cloonan or Like Fiona Staples over on Saga. Like, it's within that same kind of vein, I'd feel.
2: I'd say say so. It's got that same kind of feel. The tone, the colors. Like, the colors pop in this book so much.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of oranges, which I really like. Like, the coloring on it's fantastic. I don't know Mm -hmm. who did the colors on it, but... Kudos to you, sir or madam. Mm -hmm. Yeah, looks good. Looks
1: really good. So that's the creation of a character, or, you know, an intro to a character.
0: Our next books
1: deal with the uh, death of a character, right, Chris?
0: Yeah, because this is going to be the death of Wolverine, and like we said at the beginning of the show, this is going to be for numbers one and two. Um, This was actually supposed to be a weekly miniseries. It's four issues, but number three got pushed back to the beginning of October, so we'll actually be getting that this week. Coming up, if that's not your list pick. Uh, But this is, excuse me, written by Charles Soleil with art by the one and only Steve McNiven. And it's really the creative team that sold this to me because I'm not a huge Wolverine fan. Like, I'm kind of a lapsed, relapsed, lapsing again, X-Men fan. Like, I come and go from them. And while some people might be freaking out because Wolverine's going away, we know it's... Not for real or forever, but I've really enjoyed everything I've read from Charles Soleil and then Steve Mcdiven, still one of my favorite comic book artists. So you put the two of them on this book, and that's what made me be like, okay. I
1: this think, is contractually that I want to now, uh, when you're doing a Wolverine event, you have to have at least one Can- Canadian uh, creator on it, otherwise. That would make sense.
2: Well, Steve McNiven did Old Man Wolverine too.
0: Old
1: Man Logan, yeah, with yeah. Uh, Mark Millar.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, and and book, I, let's, like, let's I went it. into this, you know, not really knowing what to expect. But again, I, I really love this book, and I have no problems buying all four issues of this miniseries. Like, even if I don't follow it out to see like where it goes after it ends, because it's probably gonna be picking up in another Death of Wolverine book. At least I'm in for these, because this is like reading a Wolverine's greatest hits, pretty much.
1: Uh, yeah, so, what we get in the first issue, or the premise, to set the table a little bit, uh, Wolverine's healing factor is <coughs> gone. I don't know why. doesn't matter. Uh, and he's talking to Mr. Fantastic, and he's like, yeah, um, so you're probably going to get leukemia pretty soon. Uh, you're Bones are holding uh, are slightly radioactive. You never told me you were actually at the bombing in Nagasaki. He's like, yeah, that happened. Um, also, with all the metal you're carrying around, you're probably going to get anemic. But you got super strength still, and you know your speed isn't really affected, and that's a good thing. Otherwise, you there'd be no standing up. And you shouldn't use your claws because yeah, yeah, you're going to get an infection.
0: He's like going to get an infection just from popping them up mm-hmm. open all the time.
1: So be careful with that. You should just hunger down, hide away someplace, and you know, I'll talk to Hank, I'll talk to uh Tony, and we'll figure out the a cure for you. And he's like, Yeah, I already talked to those guys. <laughs> uh, You're my last hope. So if it's gonna take a while, uh it's not gonna look pretty because word's gonna get out that uh that and I'm gonna have a target on my back, so I gotta if I'm gonna hide out someplace it's going to be on my terms. And surely enough, the word does get out, and there's a contract on Logan's head, and uh, we see him fighting a, a bunch of uh, villains and... Assassins. Assassins, people that are that are picking up that contract.
0: Yeah, the first one I come after him is Nuke, who I recognize from some of the Wolverine covers, but I've never read anything with him in it before this.
1: He's American.
0: Yeah, he's definitely the most American comic book character ever, I think.
1: Well, he
2: was back from, like, the 70s when he was, like, a super soldier for America, and that's why he's got the American flag on his on his face. And now he's just, like you like said, a merc. Um, one of the things I really liked about this book was the little bubbles, like when Logan walks into a bar, you know, things that pop up that he senses, like bar funk, stale beer, rot gut. You know, like those those were nice little tie-ins to yeah. the Wolverine character. Like wherever he goes, it would pop up like what he's sensing,
1: mm-hmm. or, or if he's hurt, like he's like neck ah, all over. <laughs>
2: <coughs> um, really, really well done book. Um, I I like Wolverine. I'm not a huge fan because I do like I'm not. I'm not crazy about him because I feel like he's everywhere and he's everybody has these different interpretations of him. I like this interpretation of him. Mm -hmm. I like the Wolverine and the X-Men version of him. Mm -hmm. Some of those other ones out there, they don't do it for me. Mm -hmm. But when Chris said that he got this and he liked it, I was like, okay let me check it out. And his first you know, the first couple of pages is like all right, this is the Wolverine I like. This definitely is a story that I am into.
0: It's definitely a little more visceral Wolverine than we've given before, too. Like where he's taken out, like the guys that are with Nuke, like as they're trying to swim to shore, yeah. and then it opens up, and like you just see all those bodies across the beach, mm-hmm. and then you just have Wolverine headbutting the dude into submission.
1: <laughs> yeah. But we learn he's a robot, so it's okay. It's uh, cool. Yeah. Then we get into Mandapore. Issue two takes us to Mandapore. And uh, it took me a little while to... Oh, that's Logan in the bar? Okay, I guess his hair would have grown out a little bit more, and he's got a beard, but he's hanging out with the chicks. But, uh, yeah, and because he's trying to face who's opened up this contract, and apparently it's the Viper. <laughs> So Oops. G- no, continuing, the, um, yeah, the she, Queen.
2: No, she was hired to contract people to. Okay. Him. She's not the contractor.
1: Oh, okay, I'm just.
2: Yeah, um, no, but like, yeah, right in the opening, you have this real pimp scene mm-hmm. of Wolverine <laughs> with two ladies.
1: It reminds me of uh, Iron Man
0: three. The uh,
1: what's his name? Ben Kingsley's character. Like, that's what it looks like to me, right there.
0: Yeah, I can understand that. It's like him hanging out.
2: He's got the opened up... Two birds. He's got two birds. He's got uh, bandages over his hands. Wearing the uh, aviator sunglasses on. Tux with the tie undone, hair pulled back, and a beard.
1: And it took me to look at the... I'm like, who Who's? And then once I'm like, oh, the bandages on their hand, that's the giveaway. Okay. This is Logan. And once he starts talking, he kind of realizes what's up.
2: No. And uh to get in close to Viper, he's selling uh an Iron Man <laughs> Iron Man's helmet. Yeah. Um so, you know, it was really kind of fun and then everything that just breaks loose in the book. And you see that even without his claws he's a force to be reckoned with.
1: Yeah, he studied uh martial arts, he's he knows how to fight, dirty fight, every kinda of fight. And
0: we yeah, have Sabertooth. Like the thing is too,
1: I never knew that
0: him and uh like Viper were married at some point.
1: What? No, I didn't know that either.
0: Did you read the book, Paul? Yes. Yeah, it's like they talk about it.
1: So much fun.
2: So much fun. Do it's you so, think so much this fun. So much fun?
1: Uh, that's my was my reaction also. I'm like, What?
2: When Chris just told you?
1: When I read the book, <laughs> I'm giving you guys don't understand me. <laughs>
2: Go ahead. Uh, uh, no, just seriously, just a, a fun book. The Sabretooth stuff was fun. And like Chris said, it's the greatest hits because you got Sabretooth. You got Viper.
0: And, and, and the thing that really sold to me, too, is then, like, Kitty Pride showing up, too. And I was just like, of course you would. And then it does make me hopeful that I might get some jubilee in, like, issue three or four <laughs> or something. No. Like and
2: Lady Deathstrike showing up, too. You know,
0: all all of that just...
2: Just fun. Fun going on. I, I really can't wait for issue
0: three for this week. Yeah, it's. And, even if you're not a Wolverine fan and you just have a passing, like, respect of the character, like, this is that Wolverine book for you. Like, yeah, you might be buying it at a premium, but it's got everything you would want from a Wolverine book.
2: Uh, and he's in Mandapore and he's gonna have to wear a patch now. Oh, there you go. You know, just a super. Soft. I I was so happy with this book. Yeah, like, and for that four ninety nine, you get a lot of extra stuff in the back
0: too. Yeah, I like that. Like, it's always nice seeing that kind of bonus material. Like, even if I didn't have that, I would have appreciated the book still because Steve McNeill is a fantastic artist and. I kind of wish I picked up more stuff from him just because he sells every single page so well. Mm -hmm. But man, I'm I'm really looking forward to number three. You
1: know what I'm looking forward to? John's pick of The Annihilator, written by Grant Morrison and art by uh, Fraser Irving. Irving. Yeah, Fraser Irving. Uh, John's trying to log in, I think.
2: Logging in. Okay. So I can bring the book
1: up. No, um,
2: and Chris, I know that you're not a huge fan of Frazier Irving's artwork. Mm-hmm.
0: I thought this was a lot more low key, but yeah, it, it definitely is. Like I, th- I think a lot of that has to do with the colors too, though.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a huge fan. I really dig his art, and Paul, you, you mm-hmm. enjoy it too. Yeah. So that was actually one of the things that sold me on this book
1: was the most Frazier Irving character that we see is the realtor. Oh <laughs> because you know it's got he's got
0: does like r- that pseudo Anderson Cooper? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh no, I'm thinking no, about no, his uh his agent. His Never agent, mind. yeah. No,
1: the I think the most sure Irving looking character that we get is that real estate agent because he's got like the impossible hair that's just like a solid yeah. mass, and the face is just like roundish, and it just looks. I don't know. When I think of sure Irving character design, that's the kind of. Like, oh, everybody's going to kind of look grounded and have really weird cement hair, but nope. Completely different. This uh, for our main character here. And uh the story behind this is you
2: have a screenwriter, basically on his last legs, having to create a new story that'll get him back into the world because he's pretty much used up his money he's used up his lifelines and uh so he goes and buys a haunted house to help him write a haunted house story set in space so you have a little bit of the book is that splice between the story that he's telling and then his own life mm-hmm. and then how grant morrison it can be that they kind of collide
1: <coughs> well yeah, because that's the whole point. The guy is looking to live someplace for inspiration for this idea he has. And little and I think the whole premise is little does he know the place that he goes to live is actually the inspir is, you know, like the the other end of the uh the black hole, basically. The other end of the wormhole ends up being there. And that's what causes all this horror and evilness to happen and these you know, like ghost stories to come out of this house
0: yeah. it's a Grant Morrison book.
2: It is a Grant Morrison book mm-hmm. uh, but I did enjoy it. It is something that I will pick up. I thought it was it was fun. Mm-hmm. I like the art uh and I like the story. I actually like the stuff set in space a little bit more than the story story, but uh I mean it's just the look of it, the character. You know, he's trying to cure Max, death. Max, no Max.
1: Yeah, yeah. No Max, yeah. Um,
2: yeah, it's fun. I liked it.
1: Yeah, I thought it was an enjoyable read. I thought it was more impressive than Rochet Limit. Uh, and also, I enjoy Grant Morrison when he's not... When he doesn't lose the thread. Yeah. Like, John and I were talking about this yesterday. Every once in a while, Grant Morrison books seem like one half of a conversation that Grant Morrison's having with himself. And sometimes that other half is more interesting than the actual story he writes. Mm-hmm. Like, when you, like, even with the, uh, Death of Batman, right? Where the Joker's playing cards, and, you know, that's just the scene. But then you read, like, Back Matter, you know, for Graham Morrison, and he's like, yeah, right, the cards. Because that's actually the hand that, uh, they were, pl- that, uh, Billy the Kid played, and it's called the Demon Man's Hand, and you never know what the last card is. And it's like, okay, that's cool. And if but nobody's going to know Yeah, that. nobody's going to know that. And, and this seems like the story is kind of crazy, but simple enough where I won't have that feeling like, oh, I need to know a lot more than I do to actually enjoy this story right now. And the reason I use black and red everywhere in the panel, uh, for the flooring, is because it actually represents the two different types of cards. It's like, Okay, yeah, that all makes sense, except you never say that anywhere and it doesn't play a part in the story ever. And it's only in one panel. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, go ahead, Chris. It's it's still just too much of a Grant Morrison book for me. Like, like between doing this this month and then uh Multiversity number one last month, I'm just like I I don't need to read Grant Morrison books anymore.
1: Well, you don't have to. After the, It's all independent work from now on.
0: But I will, because you guys are going to keep picking them. Yeah, because they're good.
2: <laughs> no, I mean, I, I would agree. I actually, the only thing that really made me buy this was the art that I saw for Fraser Irving's artwork, and then the, the story synopsis of what it was going to be about. Um, Multiversity, I actually picked up the second issue of that, and I really liked it. You know, I didn't buy any more of, um, the one where it was the hitman or the dirty cop who was then fighting crime with a dead girl's imaginary pet to save her life or whatever that one was called. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely those Grant Morrison books out there that, yeah, it's a pass. Um, the, the whole, uh, Omega when Batman gets zapped by, um,
1: the return of Bruce Wayne. No, the what killed Final Bruce Wayne. Crisis. Final
2: Crisis. Final Crisis was yeah, just a throat. cluster mm-hmm. that, yeah, I was pretty much like, I don't need to read Grant Morrison for a while. And I didn't really until he did Superman, yeah. and I read the first couple of those that you read and you really liked.
1: But then it got Grant Morrison up to all types of... Yeah, because He's Grant Morrison. Demons from I, the fifth dimension; therefore, <laughs> his essence has traveled through all of the dimensions. So, no matter what time and what dimension you're in, there will always be Superman because of how he fought this creature from this other dimension. I, what?
2: yeah, it's oh. Grant Morrison, and you, you just have to say okay, <laughs> and and be done with that. Um, but he does have his moments. Yeah, and I enjoyed this. I don't think it's for everybody.
1: No, it's definitely not an all-ages book.
2: No, no. <laughs>
1: a lot of boobs. Definitely. A lot of drug use, Graham Morrison book, and uh, uh, quite a bit of swearing. So uh, if you have a irritable palate, or if that stuff kind of irritates your palate, then uh, steer clear. But if you want a zany, horror, macabre kind of sci-fi... Book,
2: and then... this is one of the books from the Legendary line from the movie studios. Oh. Legendary.
1: I don't think we'll ever get a movie of this, but sure.
2: No, they well, they were looking to do comic book work. We did a, I, I think, like two years ago, yeah, we yeah. talked about it. And I don't remember ever actually seeing it until now. All
1: right. Uh, do we have one last book, or does that finish us up? I think we can wrap it up. Yeah. yeah. I think we're good. Yeah, we're at an hour 20. If you enjoyed this or hated it and your name is Bizarro Superman, leave us a rating and review over on iTunes. We love getting them, and we will read them on the show as we did today. Thank you so much to all those that have already left us ratings and reviews. We think you are our favorite listeners. I'll <laughs> just say it. All the other listeners are good, just you're not as good as the ones that have left us ratings and reviews on iTunes.
2: And again, uh, <laughs> when you re- when you leave one of those, after we've read it and enjoyed it, fill us in on uh, on who you
0: are. Yeah, because- let us know who you are. You can either hit us up on the Facebook or email us at com.
1: John, they wouldn't have already messaged us on Twitter. Uh You can't... They didn't haven't heard this yet. But if they do want to contact us over at Twitter, it's at Bagnetboard.
0: Board. Cool. It is cool. I
1: saw so you checking, so I didn't want you to... <laughs> I, I thought you were like, oh, I just mentioned it. I wonder if they told us. <clears throat> no. There's a, a... There's a Batman a, burger?
2: A Batman burger? From where? what? Oh, my where? gosh. I just hit the wrong button
0: here. Oh. Aw. I need to know more about this burger.
2: Uh, McDonald introduces uh, the Batman burger as part of the new Justice League-themed meals.
1: What? what? Is this like okay. the hostess cupcake meal? And they,
2: they're also having cheesy fries.
0: I was going to say, this whole article makes me want to read more of the article.
2: <laughs> I'm bringing late, it up.
0: Late-breaking news. Late-breaking
2: like... news.
1: Are let's just... let's rewind. <laughs> uh, wait a second. Poison Ivy being the uh, the mint milkshake? I would guess. Oh no, it's a Justice League themed, so it's not all Batman themed. The okay.
2: double beef Batman burger comes with an egg on it as well as squeezy cheesy fries. Uh, uh It looks... It. Oh my gosh, this thing looks insane.
0: Uh, I'm nauseous
2: already. Yeah, you should be. Is uh, this a legit thing, or... Yeah, uh, it looks like this is out of Japan. It's, out of, it's only available in Hong Kong. Oh,
0: okay. okay.
1: Because Burger King
0: did the black burger over... Yeah, it was all Japan. black for, like, what was it, Windows or something? I have no idea. It's like Windows 7 release? They had, like, an all-black burger? or
1: It was, yeah, it was with squid ink and also, like, sesame, lactose sesame flavors. So, there it is. Crazy. In I'm, Hong I'm Kong. I'm curious. All right, well... Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a good week.